Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the 43rd episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Swanson, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Here on the Boy Mom Podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this often crazy world. I've really enjoyed hearing from so many new listeners in the past few weeks. Just I know some of you are just finding me by searching on podcasts for topics related to raising boys. And I just am so encouraged. We are in this together. We need each other. And I hope that so many of the topics that you're interested in are covered here. I'm always open to your suggestions. So please feel free to email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. Tell me some of the things that would be most supportive and encouraging to you as you raise your sons. I've tried to cover a whole lot of topics related to boys of all ages, whether they're babies, toddlers, teenagers, or maybe launching into the big world. And I love to encourage you. Most of you know, I wrote a book called Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. And it is covering the 12 things I believe our sons need most from us before they launch into the world. So I hope that you've been able to read that. If you haven't, get your hands on it. It's going to be encouraging. I promise. Okay, I want to thank you one more time for your ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. They have encouraged me so much. I read everyone and I really appreciate it. So if you haven't left a rating or review yet, maybe you want to hit pause and go on over. Leave a five stars or a couple words about what you love about this podcast and it'll mean a lot to me. These also help other people find the podcast, okay? There's a reason for them. It really does affect how many people see the podcast. I don't know how the algorithms work, but I just know that's a fact. Okay, so thank you so much. Now, today we are talking about something a little bit different. This is not specifically about raising boys, but it's very relevant to everyone. We're talking about Lent today. I really wanted to have this conversation right before Lent starts because... Lent isn't something I've always understood very well. It's not one of those things I grew up observing. I didn't necessarily even see it as relevant to my personal walk with God. But in the past couple of years, I feel like Lent is coming up more and more. It's kind of, I don't know, trending. It's something that people are talking about. They're giving something up or fasting from something. They might be doing a Lent study. And I wanted to understand really what that was all about and how observing Lent might benefit my faith and the faith of my children. So I was thrilled to um, be able to get in touch with Asherita Chuchu, who just published the most beautiful book called Uncovering the Love of Jesus. It's a Lent devotional, and it is so good to use either personally or for your family, especially because Asherita has all kinds of links and resources and free downloads that you can get to help you get really practical about walking through Lent with your kids. 
Now, Asherita has so many encouraging things to say. This conversation really touched me. Like I was getting emotional because she has such a beautiful way of inviting us in, explaining what Lent is all about, and most importantly, how Lent is really about preparing our hearts for Easter. I don't want to say too much. I'm going to let you listen to her, but I'll tell you that it it really encouraged me. Like I'm so eager now to begin these 40 days leading up to Easter with my family, really with a heart focused on the love of Jesus, and as she says, how I can better love those in my life. So I'm excited to share this with you. This is one of those episodes you can share with everybody, not just boy moms. So I hope you'll spread the word, share it with your friends, your relatives. Um, I, again, just think that there's so much practical stuff in here we can all use, and I hope it's a huge encouragement to all of you. Okay, so you will find show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Uh, in my excitement to talk about Lent, I totally forgot to have Asherita to introduce herself. That's really terrible. But the good news is Asherita was on before. She was in episode 34 talking about her Advent devotional, which is also amazing. So if you want to hear her official introduction, you can go to episode 34, listen to Asherita talk about her kids and her background. And she's, you guys, she's a Bible scholar. This woman is amazing. And so I think you'll appreciate hearing about her, but you will also find her bio and links to everything we talk about in our show notes. So hop over there, grab all the links. She even gives a option to text a number, sorry, to text the word love to a number and get a free download. And as soon as she told me that, I was like, I got to try this. And I did it and it worked. And it's this beautiful download. So everyone can do that today. You don't even have to get the book and she's giving you a beautiful download. So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in as Asherita and I talk about uncovering the love of Jesus, what is Lent all about, and how you can bring your family your heart into this season leading up to Easter. I hope you enjoy. Asherita, welcome back on the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for having me back, Monica. Yes, it wasn't very long ago. I, one <laughs> season seems to lead right to the next around here, but Asherita was with me on episode 34 as we talked about Advent, and it was such an encouraging conversation. So many women loved um, everything Asherita had to share, and so I am just thrilled that you can take the time to be with me today. So thanks again. Yeah, I'm excited that we get to talk about this. Yes, yes. So I quickly wanted to get Asherita on because, you know, I don't know if I'm the only one, but seasons sneak up on me. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like... I'm always the one going, wait, what? It's it's Easter next week? Like, how could that be? And in the past few years, I have really started to notice um, that Lent is something. Lent, the Lenten season. I think I grew up hearing the word Lent, um, maybe knowing it had something to do with, you know, the days leading up to Easter, but really not really doing anything to acknowledge Lent. But in the past couple of years, it seems like I'm hearing about Lent more and more. And now, Asherita, you wrote a beautiful book, Uncovering the Love of Jesus, which is a Lent devotional. And I got it in advance. Thank you so much. And I have just been diving into it already. And I want you to just help us all learn about Lent. <laughs> I just want to ask you some questions so that anyone listening that's like me and feels like this is kind of new, let's dive in and talk about Lent, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. First of all, I want you to just tell us what is Lent for anyone like me who didn't grow up really doing the Lent thing. Talk to us about what Lent is and why we would celebrate it. 
Yeah, well, I'm right there with you because I didn't grow up observing Lent either. Um, I had heard about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, honestly, it was something that Catholics did, <laughs> that yeah, other yeah, exactly. denominations did. Right. And um, I think it, I don't know if it was intentionally portrayed this way or it was just misunderstood to be this way, but I thought it was what Catholic people did to mm-hmm. earn god's favor i mean i'm just gonna mm-hmm. say it straight sure. yeah. um and so i was like nope that we don't do that like we believe salvation by god's grace uh by faith in jesus christ and that's it you don't have to do anything else so for the longest time i wrote off um not just lent but really the liturgical calendar as yes. something that didn't have a place in evangelical slaves and it wasn't until i got to college um i went to an evangelical school and um i so many classmates were asking me, what are you giving up for Lent? And Monica, I was baffled. I was like, wait, what? We're doing this? Like, this is so weird. Why are you asking me what I'm giving up for Lent? Right. So my first few years um, of observing Lent, really, I was just so focused on fasting and giving something up. And to be completely truthful, uh, I gave up sugar the first year because Mm -hmm. I wanted to lose some weight. Like, that was really (laughs) the bottom line. Totally. (laughs) This would be kind of nice. I mean, I had friends who would give up The Bachelor or they would give up Facebook. Like, <laughs> basically, it was like sin management, right? You yes. get to point in the year and you're like, ah, this isn't really God's best for me. So I'm going to fast from it for around 40 days and maybe identify with some of Jesus' suffering and maybe be a better Christian on the other side of this. Exactly. So it wasn't until a few years ago that I started digging into the history of Lent um, and there's a book from Moody Publishers by Aaron Damiani. It's called The Good of Giving Up. And it was just so eye-opening for me to understand um, the historical roots of this practice, but really how the spiritual disciplines are not something that we do to impress God, because there's nothing we can do that can impress him. It's not something we do to earn salvation, because our salvation was accomplished and finished by mm-hmm. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. There's yeah. nothing we can add to that. Right. Um, instead, Lent is an invitation from God to us that we would draw near to him, that we would humble ourselves, that we would acknowledge that we are human, that we're not super heroes. We can't keep going in our own pride or in our own strengths. Um, and we'll talk a little bit maybe about the the somberness of the season and why that's a good thing. Um, But it's just an invitation to experience God's grace in a new way. I think it's an opportunity for us to feast our hearts and our imaginations on the beauty and the richness of the gospel story. Because so many of us who have grown up in Christian families, the gospel and Jesus' death, um, it just becomes so familiar Mm -hmm. that fails to move our hearts. Like, I would be sitting there in a Good Friday service like, I know this should move me, but I just can't muster up the emotion, you know. Um, and and there is this familiarity that kind of breeds an indifference. And so Lent is an invitation for us to slow down the busyness of our lives, for those of us with kids to invite our children into this experience, this journey leading up to Easter, mm-hmm. in which we practice traditional disciplines like fasting and prayer and sacrificial giving um, as a way, as Paul says, to be crucified with Christ, to know not just the power of his resurrection, but to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm. And in that, to gain a deeper awareness of God's great love for us in Jesus Christ. Wow. That's good stuff right there. 
I love it. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not something you have to do. Like with this book coming out, people ask me like, why should Christians observe Lent? And I always correct them. Like they shouldn't, you don't have to. (laughs) Again, the work is finished. You don't have to. It is an invitation. If your heart is crying out, I want a deeper awareness of God's love for me in Jesus Christ. I want to more fully surrender myself Uh to God for him to use me, to have his way in me. Um, It's an invitation from God to us, but it's also an invitation from us to God to say, here I am, God, I I want more of you. Oh, I love that. And I, I guess I'm also just kind of curious, do you feel like this is something that's become more of a thing? Is it, is it our generation right now that's trying to bring back tradition or, um, I don't know. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there's a growing trend. Um, and I've been having these conversations with other people my age. I'm a millennial. Yes. Um, and I think what I see in my generation and those younger than us is a desire to belong to something bigger than us. Mm. Um, for so long, I think Christianity has emphasized the personal relationship of us and Jesus, like it's yes. a personal relationship and there's this um, sense of individuality. Uh-huh. And um, I, I understand the heart behind that, but I think it's so important to millennials and like I said, those coming up after us to know it's not just a personal relationship. You mm-hmm. are part of um, the larger body of Christ, of yes. a community of believers that have existed for 2000 years. And uh-huh. there is something grounding in yeah. um participating in practices of discipleship that our grandparents did, that our great, 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 great grandparents did, right? Totally. That, um, mothers and fathers of the faith have handed down to us, again, not as a way of earning salvation, but exactly. as a way of asking God, inviting God to do his work of grace in us. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. And I could see that where maybe there was a time where people were pulling away from tradition in that individualistic, you know, attempt to, to have that personal faith. But I think that we crave it. I think we were made for it. I think that community and, and tradition is just part of how God wired us. So I think this is a beautiful way to bring our children in. And also because I always feel like Easter sneaks up on me and then I feel this guilty conscience because I'm like, oh, my heart's not really prepared to dive into Mm -hmm. Good Friday and and to really appreciate appreciate Resurrection Sunday. I think that walking through Lent is just such a beautiful way to prepare our hearts. So of course, I'm going to be encouraging everyone to get their hands on this gorgeous uh, devotional study that you created. But let's get practical as well. Outside of just reading this devotional, can we just talk about some things family can do with any age kid, you know, from, from young children all the way up, how, what are some things you would recommend we do to get our families thinking about Lent? Yeah. So, um, one of the first things I just want to start off with is, um, that I want to encourage listeners to guard against, uh, a focus on Lent itself and to make okay. sure that our hearts are focusing on Jesus, okay. um, that we, we uncover the love of Jesus. And that really is, um, the, the push of this devotional is we spend these 40 days with Jesus in the Gospels, looking at how he loves individuals personally. Um, and I used 1 Corinthians 13 kind of as a, a filter to say, okay, love is patient. How was Jesus mm. patient? Love is kind. How was Jesus kind? And um, at, at the start of this, and you can do this with children who are a bit older, I think. Uh-huh. Um, Carissa, my oldest, is 
six. Um, okay. So we might start this with her this year. But one of the things that I found helpful is instead of asking, what are you going to give up for Lent? Ah. Asking instead, who is God calling you to love this Lent? Mm. Yeah, because that. love is the heart of the gospel. It's God's love for us in Jesus Christ. But then our response as his love fills us up is that our love should overflow into the lives of others. Jesus says, the world will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another, yeah. but then also love for your enemies. Mm. And our children are watching us. They're watching the way we interact with people on the other side of the political spectrum. They're watching <laughs> the way we interact with our neighbors who dump their trash in our trash can. Right? Uh-huh. They're watching the way that we um, retort in traffic or the way that we gossip about that person at church. Our children are watching. Mm-hmm. Are right. we loving? And yeah. so nothing else in this conversation will matter if we don't start with that first. So we can get to some creative ideas. And this is one of the things I love about both Lent and Advent is that there are a lot of fun ways, if not fun, maybe creative, devotional Mm -hmm. type ideas that we can do with our kids. Yeah. But it has, it has to start with the foundation of love. Mm, Okay. That is so good. And because I have snuck into your book, I know that you ask some hard questions and I know you're asking them of yourself at the same time, but I was pretty well busted by page two, I think. (laughs) So um, that, that love question is huge and so convicting. And yet it will then motivate us to go into the entire season differently. Um, Before we talk even any more about it, I know I started by asking you what is Lent, but can we talk just scripturally about, um, or I should say just from Jesus's life, can you remind everyone um, how Lent falls? Why 40 days and what's going on in Jesus's life that um, originally, like, how did we come up with this Lent thing? Can, can we just walk through the basics? Yes. I'll try to keep this short. So, um, Lent is about 40 days leading up to Easter Sunday. It's a little bit longer, but we won't get into the details on this one too. Um, And it's patterned on Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness, um, his temptation and his fasting before his public ministry, which also kind of mirrors the Israelites' 40 years of wandering um, in which they they were called to obedience. They were called to humility and they failed time and time again. So Jesus perfectly fulfilled what the Israelites failed that way. So that's kind of where that 40 day period comes from. But um, we have records of the early church. So the disciples of the disciples um, practicing a period of fasting and prayer before Easter Sunday. Um, And because this was before the internet, (laughs) um, People did things differently in different churches, so there wasn't like a one standard, like this is what everyone's doing, until the Council of Nicaea in the 300s, when the church leaders got together and said, you know, there are people who are preparing for baptism that are fasting for 40 days before Easter. Some churches were doing it right at the beginning of the calendar year instead, um, when the church observed Jesus' baptism. So different churches were doing it in different ways. They got all together. They said, I think this is the best practice, that we would spend these 40 days, 40-ish days leading up to Easter. And then they laid out these traditional disciplines of fasting, um, prayer, and sacrificial giving as part of, again, identifying with Christ, dying to ourselves so that Christ might live and reign in us. Awesome. See, Asherita is a Bible scholar. Because you introduced yourself back in episode 34, I think I just completely skipped on having you introduce yourself. But this is where you're really handy because you've got all that Bible knowledge, right? 
Oh, so. well, I mean, I'm a researcher at heart. So if I don't know something, I'm going to look it up. I so appreciate that. And I mentioned back in episode 34 when we were talking about Advent that my husband is such a fan of you because he is a research guy. Aww. And he just was like, when I was showing him the uncovering the love of Jesus, he was like, oh, is that that girl? Is that the one? Um, because he <laughs> really appreciated it. Yeah, he he definitely appreciated all the research and just Bible knowledge you have. So that's super helpful just to know why, you know, how Lent came to be. And then total side question, because I don't think I'm the only one with some of these questions. So where does Ash Wednesday fit into this? Mm -hmm. Because that's another one that I start to see people on Instagram with Ash on their forehead. My son did it at college last year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's another one of those church traditions. Tell us that what Ash Wednesday is. kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, different churches practice Lent in different ways. And unlike Advent, there aren't themes for each week. Okay. Um, so there are just differences in the way things have been practiced. I think this um, scattering ashes, the first reference we have to that um, is around the 600s. But it wasn't on people's foreheads or hands. Okay. It was just scattering the ash. And it was a symbol for us to remember our mortality, that we are dust. From dust we've come to dust we will return. Mm -hmm. And it's a call to humility and repentance. So Ash Wednesday is the very first day of Lent. Um, okay. This year it falls on February 26th. And it's a call to begin this journey with Jesus by humbling ourselves, mm -hmm. by taking some time to reflect, in what ways have I failed to bear your image into the world? In what ways have I failed to love the way you have loved me? And this right. is not to beat ourselves up, and it's not to have a low self-esteem. In fact, it's the opposite. It's for us to come clean, to lay these things that our enemy of our souls would want to keep in secret so that we would be in bondage, to bring them into the light of God. And First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, this is a guarantee. He will be faithful to forgive us yes. and to give us his righteousness because of Jesus Christ. And I think yes. it's such a beautiful way to start because this is one thing we don't practice very much in evangelical circles is confession of sins. So to get super practical, if you have kids at home, this is something I've been doing um, with my children for a few years now. And as they get older, I think it gets easier. Okay. But um, so for I think two or three years now, I've asked them to tell me one or two ways in which they have hurt other people or they have um, failed to do what God has asked us to do. And you might want to prompt them if they're young, if they're older, obviously, they can probably come up with their own. Uh -huh. Right. But is it like, yeah. have you shared with your siblings? Are there any times that you've disobeyed mommy and daddy or, you know, not right. spoken kindly? So those kinds of phrases. Uh -huh. And then what we'll do is um, I'll take just like a simple piece of notebook paper cut it up into strips and then we'll write those sins on pieces of paper and I'll write my own as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we fold them up, put them in a little jar and then um, I'll burn them up. Mm. And we'll talk about how when we confess our sins, um, God forgives us. And so they yes. disappear, right? Because Jesus takes that on himself. Okay. Um, and there's this beautiful, there's so many verses you can read as you're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a beautiful passage in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 that, um, well, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we'll burn the ashes. We'll burn the papers to ash and then kind of smush those ashes a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
you have the opportunity to invite your children. Would you like a symbol of this? And um, my kids decided they didn't want it. It was kind of weird. I'm like, that's okay. Like, you don't have to. Um, but I did it on myself. I just demonstrated. So I took some ash. I made a cross on my hand. I said, um, our sins have been carried by Jesus on the cross, so we don't have to bury them anymore. Mm. And then I read this passage in Isaiah 61 that talks about how he will take away from us our ashes um, with the oil of gladness and place on us crowns of righteousness. Um, so I took some olive oil. I wiped the ashes off my hand and showed that they're not there anymore. Uh-huh. And then we um, drew little crowns out of construction paper and I had them color them and we glued some jewels on them. You can see this on my Instagram account uh-huh. um, or on the, the book's website. We have all these creative ways to do it. Um, and there's tutorials too. So then we made these crowns of righteousness. So we ended Ash Wednesday, um, especially with kids, not with the heaviness of I'm such a terrible person, but uh-huh. with the hope and the joy that Jesus uh-huh it all and he gives in exchange these crowns of righteousness that we don't deserve but are a complete gift and so there are things like this that we can do with our children that facilitate conversations of the gospel mm-hmm. in hands-on ways that they can understand even at young young ages oh my goodness this is so great and i think it just takes just gives us a practical way to have these conversations when Sometimes we just feel like, you know, we can read Bible stories over and over. But I love that this brings in just such a special tradition and a way to, yeah, open up the conversation. I'm I'm really excited. I'm going to do that this year. I have not done that before. So you have absolutely inspired me. Thank you. Yeah. So in the book, um, at the end of every week, I have these um, family activities that you can mm-hmm. do together. And that's one of them for week one. So there are over 30 ideas in the book. And you don't have to get the book. You can actually um, download um, this family, wait, what did I call it? A family Lenten activity guide, mm-hmm. I think is what I call it. I love it. that. Um, yep. And you can download that by texting the word love, L-O-V-E, to the number 33777. And I'll just send it straight to your phone. So you don't have to get the book to kind of get some of these creative ideas and just pick and choose. Oh, well, you're so generous. <laughs> you wait. just gave that away on a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Trust me, though, you guys want the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Oh, that is so cool. I love that. Say it again. Text. Text. I'm going to I need to write this love. down. Yeah. Add this to the show notes. Text the word love. love to the phone number 33777. Awesome. Perfect. OK, that's going to be in show notes for sure. Um this is also good. And I know the book is filled with practical ideas. And I love that you have the website where there's so many helpful, you know, tutorials and just practical suggestions. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just the the nature you you really, from the beginning of the book, acknowledge that unlike Advent, which is kind of this joyful anticipation of baby Jesus and and, you know, the coming king, uh, Advent and Lent does have a little bit of a heavier tone to it. And I know I'm the type that I love celebrations. I love fun things. And so help us, us moms who want everything to be about happy, 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 um, walk into Lent without feeling depressed. <laughs> what, how can we do this? Actually, I think this is one of the gifts of Lent. Um, and it's that it does invite us to be honest about the heaviness in our own lives and the burdens in our own lives. And Monica, the the burdens our children are carrying, um, I just can't imagine. 
Like, these are children who hear about school shootings. Mm-hmm. They hear about their friends committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, they have parents who are divorcing. They're children who are growing up in abusive families. And hopefully that's not in listeners' families. But they have children whose friends are going through these things. Sure. There are hard conversations mm-hmm. that are happening at school. And I think one of the gifts of Lent is that it gives us the opportunity to bring that before God. Mm. Um, there has to be space in our lives to lament. There has to be space in our lives to be angry about what angers God, to to be completely honest and say, God, I don't get this. This is messed up. I, mm. I don't even know what to say right now. Yeah. And the beauty, Monica, of the Psalms is mm. that we're given words when we don't know what to pray. There are yeah. Psalms of lament where David and the other psalmists are railing and they're saying, God, how long? How long is this going to happen? Yeah. And I think we need to um, train our children to know what to do in those hard times, to know what to do with the anger, with the heaviness, with the, the bitterness, with the confusion, with the guilt. Right. Some of our some of us have children who are angry and in their anger hurt other children. Mm-hmm. And we need to walk them to confession. We need to walk them and say, what do we do with the ugliness in the world and with the ugliness in our own hearts? Mm. And so I would challenge listeners. I know there's a temptation to want to focus on the Easter bunny and the candy and the flowers and the sunshine. And and there's a time and a place for that. And I think as we move toward Easter Sunday, there's kind of this climactic moment that, that gets there. But we start with Ash Wednesday. We start with confession because we need space to grieve. And our children need that as well. Obviously, do it in a way that is appropriate to the ages of your children, that's appropriate mm-hmm. to their season in life and what's going on in their life. But I think Lent can be such a beautiful gift that we give our children, that there's this rhythm in the calendar year that we know there will be a time when we can talk about this. Maybe we're not able to talk about what's going on in the summer or in the fall, but we mm-hmm. know that Lent is coming And that will give us space to grieve. It will give us space to talk. It will give us space to confess and then to receive just the the infilling of God's love in that space. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. And even as you're talking, I think I'm feeling a little bit convicted and realizing that how often it is us as moms might be uncomfortable with the hard stuff, you know, as we're trying to deal with our own hard stuff, that it's not doing our kids any favor if we don't invite them into this thing of acknowledging the hard stuff and looking at it in the face and, and calling it what it is and confessing our own sins. And so I think that for those of us that don't like that part, that don't enjoy the hard stuff, I mean, nobody enjoys it, but some of us want to avoid it and stay real busy or happy or focus on the next exciting thing. I think this is a reminder that, that our kids need it and that this is really healthy and that for them to grow up in this world ready to face hard things, it's really important that we invite them to into a place where they're dealing with hard things in a really healthy way before the Lord. So I think this might be a great challenge for people like me who don't always want to go there. It's just yeah. uncomfortable. And I tend to be a glass half full person. And I'm always looking for the next positive thing. But I do think that for kids, you know, I even talk in my book, Boy Mom, about for kids to be, you know, emotionally healthy, they need to know what to do when they leave the house mm-hmm. and they face something really hard. Mm-hmm. They need to know that it's okay to have 
seasons where they struggle and might need help and call out to God. And and so for them to be prepared for that, I think we can introduce them to, I think Lent is a perfect time to open up these conversations. Just like you said, it may not always be easy, but if Lent is a time set aside to do this hard work and to bring our hearts before the Lord, what, what a beautiful opportunity to just walk into that with our kids. So I'm I'm super excited. I appreciate this topic so much yeah. personally. So I, I think other people will too. Well, I, I want to add something to that because as we um, walk with our children through the darkness, um, we walk with them toward light and yes. toward new growth and toward yes. healing. Mm. And that actually is the meaning of the word Lent. It's the word spring. And so it's not just a physical spring, but it's representative of what's going on in our hearts, right? Mm. I. So in my kitchen right now, I have um, these pots that have um, tulips and daffodils and um, crocuses. And I have a black, I mean, I used to say I have a black thumb, right? I used to kill every plant I came in <laughs> contact with. Um, but I said, no, I, I want to learn how to, how to do this. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing with spring flowers, Monica, is that they have to go through a dormant period. They have to spend about 12 weeks in the dark, in the cold, in Mm. order for the flower and and that potential to be developed within it. Mm. And then you you bring it into the light, into the warm space. And right now on my kitchen counter, um, there are a few pots of these tulips that are just growing. It's just the green leaves right now. Mm. But I can see the potential for the flowers that are going to come out because they spent that time in, in the cold and in the dark. And this is what we want for our children, too. We want to walk with them, not just to leave them in that dark and cold space, but to walk with them into the warmth of God's love so mm. that we see the blooming of new things. Um, God wants us to bear fruit. He wants our children to bear fruit. And we can see that as we walk toward Easter Sunday. I promise you, if you spend time with God, with your children in the Gospels, and you allow God to pour his love into you, there will be a springtime of your heart that will come. And you come to Easter Sunday and celebrate Jesus' resurrection and his victory over sin, over death, over strongholds, over broken relationships, his victory over everything that is broken and wrong in the world. And if you have walked with him through that personally, as you bring these hard things to him, oh, you will celebrate Resurrection Sunday like you never have before. Wow. I'm so inspired. I really have this serious anticipation right now to go into this Lent season with my family and and to do it different than I've ever done it before. So I'm really excited and encouraged and just can't thank you enough for pouring your heart into studying God's Word and creating this devotional and now sharing so much um, with us. It just means the world to me. Thank you. Oh, Monica, thank you so much for having me on. There's so much more we could have talked about, but maybe next year. (laughs) I know. Well, and and we'll be sure to send everyone to where they can find out more from you directly. So before we wrap up, can you just, um, since I didn't even have you introduce yourself, (laughs) (laughs) everyone has to go back and listen to episode 34 about Advent now. But no, do tell everyone where they can find you, anything else about you and your writing that uh, would be helpful and make sure everyone can track you down. 
Yeah, so you can find um, everything about the book at uncoveringthelove.com. Um, and there are also tutorials on there. There are links to ways you can um, personalize, this, personalize this for your family, as mm-hmm. well as free resources as well. So that's uncoveringthelove.com. And I'm on Instagram at Ashrita. Um, and just sharing my own personal journey with my family mm-hmm. through uh, the seasons and the ways that we find joy in Jesus in lots of creative ways. <laughs> So you can find me on Instagram, go to uncoveringthelove.com um, to get those resources for you and your family for Lent, or to make it easy, you can text the word love to the number 33777. All right. And then how about your personal website as well? Uh, it's asherita.com. Um, again, the perks of having a unique name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm jealous. And you've got other books and resources and so many good things to offer. So people should definitely check out your personal site as well as your book site. Oh, thank you, Monica. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you are a blessing to all of us. Thank you for your time. And um, we'll keep following you through the seasons and just keep having you back on to educate us and inspire us. (laughs) Sounds great. All right. Aloha. Take care. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And of course, all the things we've mentioned will be in show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 43. And you can always find all the history of show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to use all of the links that Ashree to mention. And I encourage you to use that text message code as well. As soon as we finished our conversation, I had to go on and try it. And it worked beautifully. What a fun idea. It is a beautiful download. You're going to love it. Super practical and helpful for your families. So um, just thank you again, guys, for being here. Thank you for your time. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.